All right, Joe, we're recording. All right. Welcome, friends, to um, the second-to-last episode of the first year of the Crisis Faith with Joe and Drew podcast. Episode number 51. Episode number 51. Next week will be 52. And then, I mean, I feel like we should go ahead and say, like, we're going to take a short little break at 52 uh, while we kind of prepare for the next season. Yeah. How many weeks? Some, some, we'll be back after Labor Day. That's our plan, right? Right. Right. Because we kind of, we talked about this. Well, I, I don't know. I guess we maybe need to figure this out on the air. Because when, when we started, you said, let's try it out for a year. Right. And just see how it goes. So, right, right. Are we, how did it go? <laughs> oh, I think, I think we're better at it now than we were then. Yeah. Um, I think we've got some clearer ideas, and I think we've very recently, I really think we've kind of stumbled into what is the most useful thing for us to be doing, and that what is, is that? well, it's this this reconstructing process for ourselves, like oh, this, yeah, this idea to of saying out what Jesus is about. Yeah, we're like all these years we've been saying. Um, the problem isn't with Jesus, it's with evangelicalism or with the Christian faith or with the ways that we practice this or the church or whatever. Um, and But I'm not sure we've actually really taken the time and done the work to say, like, so what is the Jesus thing? And that's what we started doing. And we're, I, I, I mean, I have found it really, really interesting. Like, this is, yeah. this is where we've gotten into play, spaces in the podcast where these are conversations we actually haven't had yet. Right. And I think for the yeah. first six, eight months of it, it was like, this is stuff that we talked about before we started a podcast. Let's try to have the conversation again on the air. It was all the stuff that we were wrestling through and deconstructing. Yeah. If you want to use that word. The things that we were having crises about or had had crises about or whatever. But we also learned like this year how how to do, like I'm just now today figuring out how my microphone works. <laughs> and right. And yeah, because for a while it was pointed the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you just got it. I just thought you got a new microphone one week, and I'm like, man, he's (laughs) taking this seriously. He bought a mic to start the podcast. He's already upgraded. He didn't even ask me. Turns out he just turned it the correct way. (laughs) (laughs) That's only because the the music guy at church here walked into my office and was like, hmm. It doesn't go that way, you know. <laughs> um, oh. So <laughs> I know how my microphone works. You started out with uh, you were putting some like sick beats in between our stuff, and then you moved to bluegrass, and now yep. we're just like we don't care. We're not going to stop recording for anything. Right, right. We just go. So we got better at that, and I think we decided to that it makes sense for the rhythm of our lives to kind of have like a, a school semester model, right? Yes. Take a little break for Christmas, take a longer break in the summer. Drew makes like, you make like what, 95% of your annual budget in July. Basically, Playing yes. music. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's all, it's my, all my winter acorns. <laughs> every, every, uh, every September I have to have a conversation with my wife because she'll look at the bank accounts and she's like, man, we're doing great. And I'm like, well... Let's hold on to that, though. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to make any money for the next nine months. So. Because we're not going to make any more again <laughs> until next July. So so hold off just a bit. Um, 
so anyway, that's that's our plan. We're gonna take the rest of August off after I don't know what when does this come out? Will we, will we have episodes in August? This will be this will be next Monday. Yeah, uh, so we'll have the, one. Our last episode will be we'll, August the second. It'll come yeah. out, and then we're gonna take the rest of August off, and and after Labor Day, we'll start up like season two or whatever. Right, part part two. And also, Summer. like before we jump in, before we throw out the Jesus jingle and start today's uh, episode proper, um, I feel like we should also say we're taking a good amount of August to you know work on a book. Like we're really, we're really going to put that out to the world. Into we're telling, that, we're telling people. I think today's the day we should officially announce that we're writing. Let's a announce book. it. The book is going to be called Crisis of Faith. <laughs> the podcast. The book. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, so we're we're actually getting together and and working on that. Also we're going to see each other we're gonna see in a couple other. of weeks for the first time. Yeah. Like so we haven't seen each other since we started this podcast. Is that right? I not face to face. No. Nope. Not not right. not in real person. I mean, we started it during COVID-19 when it was impossible to travel to each other. Right. And then um or ill-advised, perhaps. Um, and then it just hasn't really worked out very well since then. Um, it's about to happen. It's going to yeah. be weird. It's going to be weird. So we have cool stuff coming up for the, um, we're going to, when we get together and we're going to do some other stuff, but yeah. I know that one of the plans is to get just like totally shit faced <laughs> yeah and do an episode on alcohol well i think we i've desired to do an episode on alcohol for a really long time and i actually have these really good well thought out arguments and and conversations that i'd like to have on it um and even just the sort of history uh of of uh, prohibition and its connection mm. to the church in the united well, states i've been and all doing this all kinds stuff. of research about the bible alcohol in the bible yeah, uh, excellent. So I'm ready for that. I, yeah, and I think I I almost think like we might need two episodes. Like we're gonna need the <laughs> because I think there's great content here, and I'm not so sure how well it's gonna. Well, that's come what, out. I think I, we need to try that. How? That is what is gonna make it good. We'll try to get through the content. The second episode could be can. us just listening back to the drunken episode <laughs> <laughs> and correcting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And we also have um, Naked Pastor is going to come on, David Hayward. Yeah. Who folks know from his cartoons. Uh, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. To talk to him. I don't know what else we're getting into. That's excellent. We'll, we'll be well, putting it out, I guess, we've talked about August. We've we'll talked know. about a curse word episode for a while, and it came up yeah. a lot in the episode two weeks ago and just kind mm. of uh, reignited that for me. So I do think that there's going to be a little bit of like what I anticipate, like some of the questions that I'm really wanting to get back to are like youth group questions um, <laughs> yeah. that became, uh, well, I don't know. They just became a bigger deal over time. They all just kind of grew a little larger than life. And then it was like, oh, that's silly that we told people not to drink. Oh, that's silly that we told them, you know, uh, to hold on to their V card forever. Like, Oh, that's silly that we told them not to curse. Uh, and, and now it's becoming a little more like, mm, that might actually be why this isn't working anymore. That might actually be a big reason why everyone's leaving, uh, is that you just made up a bunch of stuff. Um, 
There's something bigger underneath those yeah. silly questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I, I think that's um, those are interesting conversations. Let's roll out this jingle and let's okay. get into uh, today's episode proper. Preacher is Jesus, a white guy, and does he really hate everyone who is gay? Does he turn up his nose before he bombs all his foes? Is he a member of the NRA? Preacher, does Jesus really care if the poor can't find enough scraps? Or does he say, suck it up, son, look at how good I've done by just pulling on my designer bootstraps? Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, divorce. We're going to talk about what Jesus says about divorce, which is kind of a weird thing uh, that he even mentions it. But before we do that, I want to uh, tell you about something real quick, Joe, that has nothing to do with... Well, I guess maybe it has a little something to do with divorce. I I make most of my living, and part of the reason that I do a lot better in uh, good weather months is I play music at weddings. Um, so I have to have suits for that. And typically, I'll like, when I'm asking what what songs they want and what kind of arrangement and everything, at some point in the conversation, I'm like, and what color are the dudes wearing? Um, like what color suit should I wear? Or are you wearing suits? Or are you wearing Hawaiian shirts or whatever? Um, so I discovered this. I, I needed a really light gray sh- suit, which I didn't have. Um, and then eventually I needed a, like a burgundy suit too. This is for like a, this is like a Christmas thing um, that okay. I'm planning for. But so I found this place online um, that has three piece suits for thirty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Hey, all right. <laughs> yeah. And I ordered um so I ordered like from three separate places. Uh and I got these three separate suits and they come in like it's the weirdest thing. They're shrink wrapped, really really <laughs> tight. It's like this tiny package that's on my front porch that has a three-piece suit in it. And the craziest thing, I paid $90 for the first one and then $65 for the second one and 39.99 for the third one. And the third one is the nicest suit I've ever put on in my life. Uh, (laughs) And it's perfect. And then I told, like, several people about it. And then they all texted me later um, screenshots of the ad that they were getting for the (laughs) $39.99 three-piece suits. So, anyways, I'm living in a vortex of um, this. And uh, today's episode is brought to you in part by (laughs) AD Suits. Three-piece suits, (laughs) $39.99. Also, I don't need to tell you where to go, because if you're listening to this episode, Facebook will tell you soon enough. <laughs> you ever notice ads like that? You, you yeah. notice stuff that, like, you're just talking about things and... You you don't even have to be online. You can be, like, out of the crazy. coffee shop and somebody yeah. mentions AD Suits and there it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. We got... um. We got bagel chips for a while. Like, we were just seeing ads. It was on our Hulu, too, which was, like, it was kind of new at the time, and it really freaked us out. Like, Stacy's Bagel Chips or something. We had we had just been at the grocery store, and we were like, make sure you get some bagel chips. That's literally the extent of it. <laughs> and then later that night, we're watching a show on Hulu with ads, because um, we're being responsible adults. Um <laughs> <laughs> and Stacy's bagel chips, which I've never seen an advertisement for in my life, come on and that's uh, how they get you. They're yeah. like, well, you got the you got the COVID vaccine, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. that's for. 
so that they uh, so that when you think about bagel chips it'll pop now i just have to Hulu. think now i just have to think <laughs> about it and it comes on right. between bob's burgers episodes. and then that goes that data goes like directly to kamala harris and she sits at her i don't know throne seat you trying to think of where kamala harris sits yeah <laughs> she just sits like a normal person <laughs> man she's just like one of us <laughs> All right, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about divorce. Did you drink today? <laughs> I didn't. I I am coming off a potluck high though. We had a have some new staff members here at church, so a potluck high, had a little a breakfast potluck. Well, you know, you get a little. You know, I get a breakfast. Thing. I get a potluck low. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a low. Like with. if I yeah, anytime I'm like, hey, let's get together, let's do potluck. Cool. So I'll have three different kinds of mashed potatoes, a <laughs> couple of biscuits, and some KFC chicken, and then try to stay awake for the rest of the party. Yeah. Well, this is a breakfast potluck, so it's a lot of like egg egg casseroles and stuff. No, thank you. Good luck. That's what we <laughs> <laughs> we call them. Good luck. <laughs> all right. This has all got to be cut out. This is terrible. Yeah, obviously, it's the worst okay. stuff we've ever made. Except we literally just said we don't cut anything out anymore. <laughs> right. We're not even going to cut this out. You know, see the worst <laughs> this part. This shit where we're talking about whether we should cut this out or not, it stays. Can you? I think we need a break. <laughs> I think we should take a break. All right. So <laughs> we ran out of stuff to talk. Here's the really bad part. I hope no one uh, checked out on us because all of the everything leading up to this point is is terrible. Um, because this is a good episode. This is a good conversation yeah. for us to have. So let's let's get into. Um, you want to start with what Jesus says? Yeah, we'll do this. So we're doing, if you're just jumping in, because, I don't know, you wanted to start at episode 51, um, we've been w- walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is, Matthew's put together some of Jesus' words. Um, so we're at this part <clears throat> where Jesus says, It was also said, whoever divorces his wife let him give her a certificate of divorce. So he's, you know, thinking about the Torah there. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the grounds of unchastity causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Bum, bum, bum. That is so weird and confusing. Yeah. Is it? Am I? Am I just not? Am, am I just hearing it weird? Like, I mean, that's I. I have that memorized. Okay, that's that's I've yeah, heard that enough right. that I know, and I still hear it and think like, okay, so you can't get divorced. Okay, so the law says you got to hand them a certificate, yeah. but I say that's no good unless she cheated runs on runs around you. on you. Yeah, but if she didn't and then you divorce her then you make her run around on you or at least in the eyes of god you make it like she did run around on you exactly and then if anybody else marries her then they are also also, yeah that's right guilty that's right but all along the original man being spoken to here is pretty much good no matter what well yeah, it's it's tricky. He's pretty much um, fine no matter what, though, right? I think. Well, no. He causes I mean, her to commit adultery, and if anybody true. else marries her afterwards, then they committed adultery. 
nowhere is he indicted. That's true. Uh, That's by, true. The, by the actual logic present. Yeah, that is okay. that's a good point. That's a fair point. Um, although it seems like the implication is you shouldn't do that. You're not allowed to do like causing someone to send to sin is also probably sin, even though it's not said explicitly. Right. It seems like part of the the point is that you're not supposed to get divorced. Yeah. yeah. Except if she's cheating. Yeah. That's how did, did people like in your church experience growing up? Was, was this a thing? Like, I mean, I know families who like were ostracized from their church when the parents got a divorce or, Yeah, that was that was absolutely our experience for a while. It actually this is one of those things that really progressed in my lifetime, like really changed in in my own lifetime and and even just the lifetime of of the church that I grew up in. I remember early on, like no one here is divorced. um, uh, And if they get divorced, they have to leave and all of this, whatever. And then. 15 years later that's just not really how it's addressed anymore it's just not true um you know it's weird 20 25 years later it's even more so like it's just not part of the conversation nobody talks about it at all yep yeah it's not it's not a topic of conversation in churches anymore i don't think or in a lot of like evangelical churches i think it still is in catholic churches for sure yeah um just remarriage not not so much divorce but remarriage uh because of this well, it comes up for us. I will say it comes up for us for like, or it did. And this is one of the, this is another one of those strange things that changed in my, in, I mean, in the, in recent years for ordination and like ministers mm. and people who worked for the church and people who yeah. have licenses through the church. That's like right. You would lose your license if you got a divorce. That's right. Um, and they just changed their mind on that. They just eventually said, well, we're losing a lot of pastors, a lot of people who have licenses. <laughs> yeah. They also did the same thing with women. Like when I was a kid in the church of God, uh, women couldn't be fully ordained. And if they were, they were like part of the problem and whatever. And now they can be mostly ordained. They can't vote in certain things and still, but yeah, it was. So in my church growing up, it's funny because like, so in the Catholic church, there's real official rules about this, right? If you get, you can get a divorce and ha- even have your marriage annulled, which is like the official Catholic way of getting divorced. And that's pretty much fine. Yeah. Like it's not a big deal, but if you get remarried, um, well that's a, then you're like, uh, what's that called? Like excommunicate. You're, you're not able to take the sacraments. Gotcha. Um, so which like, is it makes sense. It, on the face of what Jesus is teaching here, right? Yeah. Remarriage is a problem. I don't ever remember anyone, anyone ever saying like divorce was, was terrible. It was going to wreck every family and you know, all this stuff. But, um, I don't remember anybody ever mentioning remarriage as a problem. In fact, it was a, so in my church, um, there were a handful of people that I knew of who were divorced it was a bigger church, you know, and, yeah. um, but, and even there were some divorces that happened 
like while I was there, we you know watched people, but it seemed like in the eyes of the church, um, whoever stay, you know, somebody somebody wins the wins the wins friends the church and <laughs> yeah. wins the friend. You split up the friends and you get the favorite restaurant or whatever, right? So whoever gets the church, like it gets painted as that other person definitely was cheating with like five or six other, yeah. you know, yep. partners. And they were they like, also it seemed like alcohol was always involved. No matter what happened, if there was a, <laughs> if there was a divorce, well, that other person is out drinking every night and they're, you know, sleeping with everything that, that walks. Um, and the other person was a saint and they tried to save the marriage and, and just, got ripped away from them. Right. Uh, and then when they get remarried, we celebrate that. That's exciting. That's good. Uh, that's how it worked out in my church. And, you know, having been through a divorce myself now and just, like, having grown up and, like, know some real people, no divorce ever works that way, right? Right. It, it's never, like... No, well, I'm, I won't say it's never. Of course, sometimes there are people who just, like, snap and run out. But for the most part, I think... You know, or the cases of abuse down. Or, or things like that. Yeah, there, there sure. are those. But, Absolutely. But whenever we say like fifty percent of marriages end in divorce, fifty percent of them are not <laughs> like somebody was abuse abusive to the other, or somebody just lost their mind completely, or like no, I, I would say fifty percent of marriages of end time, in divorce. Most just of, break down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, but it it definitely could never be spun that way it it was always like there's a sinner and there's a saint yeah um and and the saint of course stayed with us the sinner went off it's almost like your church had its own annulment process in a that's way that's exactly right it's almost it like a legal a, like like they like they almost had their own legal process where okay this person's going to stay in so we need to find a way of saying that that marriage doesn't count against them Right. And anyway, yeah, it's like it didn't happen. That's exactly right. It's all off the books. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a great way of saying that. I I think, um, yeah, so part of, I, I should clarify something about just not know of not knowing of anybody in my church. You know, I think the church that you grew up in was probably at least four or five times larger than the one that I was in. So it's a little more you know, possible, <laughs> feasible yeah, for us to actually right. not have very many divorced people or for me as a 12 or 13 year old to just not know that that was a divorced and remarried person. But I do find what you're saying compelling and interesting and um, and uh, I won't say infuriating yet, um, but there are parts of this conversation that are infuriating to me and this is partly why. Um, because the divorce conversation doesn't seem to be that much of an issue to Jesus. It is the remarriage conversation. Yeah. And you're absolutely well, and, right. I mean, we even celebrate that. marriage so much. Marriage is sacred. Yeah. Um, in, and in and singleness is bad. And singleness is bad. So we end up at a place where like, well, if somebody gets divorced, that's awful and that's terrible um, until they get married again. And that's when things are made right. right, which is which is an actual violation of, I mean, as far as Jesus is concerned, you know, considering these caveats or just considering the, the, the weight of it, he's like, well, I mean, I guess you can do it. You, you can do it. You'll commit adultery, whatever it's, it's, but it's fine. You can do that, but you can't get remarried. (laughs) That's the thing he actually does say. Yeah. So, you know, 
in my own experience, um, well, you know, I, I've talked on this podcast before about how I got married the first time, um, in part, you know, obviously there was, there was a relationship there that, that mattered to me, but in part I got married um, because of evangelical pressures to get married really young. Like that's just, that's a, that's a real thing. Um, you were nine and a half. I was basically the, nine and a half. Like, I was, <laughs> I was 21 years old, you know, um, yeah. my, so like super young, um, also had been sexually active with this person prior to getting married, which was like, part of that that whole purity culture thing like that was um well you have to like you're you're now that's signed sealed delivered um and by sexually active you do mean like you danced yeah that's right within 18 (laughs) inches of each other there was not even an 18 inch gap whenever you would dance. no room for the holy spirit (laughs) at all <laughs> oh, I would be delighted to discover that what you meant by <laughs> that <laughs> was we had violated our our uh, purity agreement with our youth group to I never saw her in a two piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, like, there's you know, like it was it was already done, and even. You know, even any reservations had to just be dismissed because, well, you know, you've already committed the marital act by dancing and stuff. (laughs) Um, So you're in. And when I got divorced, so I'm, I don't know, I want to tell the story in a way that's like, I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus. But so my my ex-wife sort of initiated the conversations about like wanting to wanting to get divorced. Um, and I didn't want to at first. And I, I went to counseling. I, for most of the time I was, I was in counseling by myself, uh, not, not with her. Um, and the thing that, that I really like, spent about a year of real struggling through um, was not, you know, it, in some ways it was the loss of, of the relationship, but the relationship had, had like already been pretty um, undone, but you know, as, yeah. as divorces yeah. go, right. Relationships fall apart long before anybody will admit them, especially evangelical marriages. Um, so the, you know, the relationship had fallen apart long before anybody was ready to admit it. Um, and so it wasn't, I wasn't mourning so much the loss of a relationship as I was like trying to come to terms with, um, this, with my own identity, like as I'm not the sort of person who does that. Yeah. Right. Who gets to, how do I, how do I understand that? And the big, like the greatest thing for me, and this is what I was um, trying to come around to is despite the fact that my church was very much like had this sort of um, unofficial annulment process as you called it right that it was like well 
somebody is the the winner of the divorce somebody is the saint and and then it, it turns out fine like it's not really a big deal um also the rhetoric about divorce was just so sensational what divorce will do is it will rip a family to shreds and no one serve like the kids are never going to be okay right um right the like and that that to me was if i stop fighting for like the truth is like my ex-wife wanted to leave and i thought that was a good idea <laughs> Um, but I couldn't say that out loud because I knew like from the, the messaging that I had received is that if I stop fighting for this, then I am throwing my children to the wolves, right? Because they're just never going to survive this. You're going to have a, a broken, I mean, this is what we talk about, broken families, mm-hmm. right? My family's not broken. My family is expanded now. Like my kids now live in two places. Uh, they have two sort of uh, locuses, los, los. Loci? <laughs> Loki? It's I don't Loki. know. <laughs> Two Loki of love, right? They have, they have um, sort of a larger, more expanded space where they experience family and love and comfort. But it's not broken. And also they're experiencing family in the way, in, in the way that half the population does. <laughs> They're also yeah. We're we're talking about. I mean that statistic has been true for as long as I, as long as I've been hearing <laughs> statistics yeah. about this kind of thing. Like, yeah. okay, so yeah, to call it broken, to call it what I mean, it just is. It's just the way it is. Is it the easiest way? No, the easiest way to live life. <laughs> <laughs> is to not really live life like to, <laughs> to not really get involved much with anybody um yeah so yeah i mean t- like that it took me just that's the thing that i had to fight through hmm. was how can i come to terms with being the sort of person who will um cause my children all the pain that my church told me I was going to cause them if I stopped fighting for this marriage. Yeah. Um, and it turned out like, and I actually, I actually continued to believe that that whole time continued to believe that I was going to ruin their lives and had to like come to terms with that. That's the, like I, I went through the process of, of saying like, it's also going to tear them apart if I live this way. Right. So I have to just choose to sort of save my soul and, and let the chips fall where they may. Um, and then I realize, like, Oh, they're actually cool. They're fine. (laughs) Like the kids are happy. They're not, you know, they don't feel broken. Um, but I didn't know that. I, I still, I believed, um, it's like Mark Karras talks about, um, phantom theologies or I can't can't like a phantom limb. Like when somebody gets their leg cut off, but it still hurts. Mm -hmm. Like they can still feel their knee that isn't there, feel pain in it. Um, I like, that was a phantom theology for me. I, I still had that even though I like, I kind of didn't believe I wouldn't have said out loud that I believed all the stuff that my church said about divorce. It was still in my head. Like 
I'm going to ruin their lives. And I, I still had to come to terms with that. Um, and it wasn't like, it was just a happy accident that I realized that, Oh, well that turns out not to be the way it worked in my family. You know, it's a very strange thing that the church is doing here with this rhetoric and with this approach to it that, um, I'm not sure without, it's one of those things I probably should try to write down before I attempt to articulate, but here we are. Um, It seems like what the church's goal, I mean, if you were to ask them, what, what's your goal here with this narrative, with this, their, their goal would be no divorces ever. Like their goal would be like, we just don't want to see marriages end in divorce. Okay, well, the, the issue with that is no one who enters in a mar- into a marriage wants it to end in divorce. Right. There's this sort of implication that in the church, it's the same thing that we ended up with. This is going to sound like a major leap. Maybe it won't sound like that much of a leap to other people, but it, it's the same conversation we ended up in with the, the abortion conversation. Like the narrative of the evangelical side or the church side of this is they just want to have all the abortions they can. They just want to have so many abortions. And like, right. well, the reality Everybody is like nobody wants. Yeah, they just love their abortions on the left. It was like, well, n- nobody wants abortions. We want there to be as few abortions as possible. Right. We want there to be as few divorces as possible. And the church, it almost makes this like what people want more than anything is to be able to get married, to link their lives and their bank accounts and their, you know, their health care and all of this. And they want to have children with these people and they want to celebrate Christmas. and They want to have one mortgage and they want to pool their resources. And then they want to rip that to shreds <laughs> and then like live <laughs> separate like lives. Like a kid who likes to build a tower just yeah. so that he can knock it just down. Just so they can knock it down. And it's such an absurd thing that the church would vilify divorce in the way that it does instead of saying okay this is this is part of it if we have marriages we're going to have divorces if we tell people to get married that we think that's a good thing now whether the church should be doing that or not is a a lot of what i would like to talk about in this conversation (laughs) like whether the church should be saying if you're a follower of jesus you should be getting married um is is a crazy conversation to me um that we that we make that such a a holy sacrament in the ways that we do. But what would be a lot, a much more useful thing would be the church saying, you know, we just want you to be happy and, and have good families that get along. And we want people to like not feel bound by decisions they made when they were 21 years old and don't necessarily stand by anymore. And we don't want people to feel uh, ostracized or kicked out because of relationships that didn't go the way that they felt like they were going to go at some point or relationships that just ran their course. Um, like it, it doesn't, I mean, I think there's plenty of stories of relationships that just sort of peter out. There's not a, there's nothing worth making a movie about. Um, a lot of times involved it's, I don't know. I'm, is that making sense? I'm just saying like, it's yeah. kind of strange that the church vilifies it in the way that it does that it makes it sound like this is just what you wanted isn't it joe you just (laughs) wanted to get married and then get a divorce it sounded like fun to you well and i think also part of the like the the fear-mongering about it's gonna destroy you know your children and all this um is also like 
the well i mean it's the same it, it happens throughout the evangelical world about everything right so if you um if you go to a movie with someone of the opposite sex like by yourself with no no friends so you're not courting right <laughs> or whatever yeah. you're not doing the Josh Harris thing uh then that's going to lead to sex and sex is going to lead to to all kinds of STDs and definitely having a kid and and de- like um or you know if you go to a party where somebody's drinking then you're definitely going to be on meth yeah. like there's just no <laughs> it's true um that that is the that yeah yeah keep going like I- well, yeah, I mean, that's just like, that's the thing that, that whole, um, it is, it's a little bit of what Jesus does in this. Like we've been talking about this. Jesus extends the law, right? So the law says don't murder. Um, and Jesus says, well, let's deal with your anger before you even talk about murdering. Uh, I think there's an extension happening here too. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, or like the law says don't commit adultery. And so Jesus says, well, let's like rethink how you're even yeah, engaging with people, looking at people. Let's never have people. sexual desire for anyone ever. Let's never have sexual desire at all. Um, you got to hear the previous episode ways, on that, by the way. Uh, it's in- that kind of stuff. It's they're yeah. saying, okay, we think divorce is bad. We, you know, and, and so instead of saying like, but it happens and we'll walk with you through it. Um, you know, which they might do like some church, like I said, my church was very good at walking through divorce with the winner of the divorce. Um, and to be fair, like you can't re- you probably can't have them both. You can't, you can't have, them <laughs> I mean, both. it'd be weird. Yeah. It, it, it is. It sucks that it works out that way, but it is also like, you know, you, you can't go to the same church after, not yeah, for sure. a while. But it's just like it's an unrealistic narrative that yeah. the <laughs> to make the other person such a villain because yeah. most divorces don't work that way. Most divorces are are not no fault, they're everybody's at fault yeah. <laughs> divorces, right? Um so you know, whatever, it's like what was I saying about that? Oh, so instead of at least the narrative to the that I caught was like let us tell you how terrible let us tell you how hot this fire is so that you don't get burned right we're just going to tell you and tell you and tell you be careful don't run with scissors don't run with scissors don't run with scissors because yeah like we're going to just tell you that it it's going to if you do you're going to cut your whole guts out yeah like um but then they also well, tell you get married when you're 18 Right. (laughs) Like divorce is the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen. Um, Now, before you're even old enough to (laughs) decide whether you're going to buy Bud Light, (laughs) go ahead and commit your life to someone that you've only known as a teenager um, (laughs) for the rest of your life. When you're a teenager. Yeah, when you're both teenagers. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, you want to, there's like. You want to do some technical Bible-y stuff? Yeah, I'd like to hear some of that. I I want to, and, and this may not be the place or the time, and it's something that we certainly kind of covered plenty before, um, but just kind of while we're on the subject, um, and I hope it's been abundantly clear, because I've noticed from time to time um, there, there are things that usually me, usually I'm 
taking a position and saying things in such a way that it could sound like to someone who doesn't know us all that well, it could sound like that I am somewhat on the side of. I want to say that I pretty decidedly disagree with the the narrative that's being presented here, that what, what Jesus is actually saying, that really what he said about sex and now what he's saying about marriage and divorce, I would just say... You know, I don't think we should be doing with this what we do. Um, so the, the thing that I don't like hearing back from myself whenever I listen back to our own podcast or when I'm editing or something, I don't like hearing Drew say something like, yeah, there, you're not supposed to get remarried. Like, that's the bottom line. I just want to make it clear that, like, I don't feel that way. I'm just saying that's what Jesus says. What Jesus <laughs> Yeah, that is what yeah. he said. And the reason that I'm saying that is because I want to point a finger just a little bit at what the church does with this information, because the church is saying we teach the way of Jesus. And then what they actually do is, you know, say you should be married. Um, you, you should <laughs> right. definitely be married, which is like, all right, well, Jesus wasn't. Um, and it seems, if anything, he pretty much called these people who were away from their families like they pretty much all they they, they left their families uh, to come yeah. and follow if they were married you know there's one account of peter apparently his wife was brought along for the ride and murdered as a result of it so that's a pretty happy ending there um <laughs> but for the most part like jesus didn't get married paul didn't get married like there's just so so any of the ways that we sanctify marriage are really um there's a whole lot of hypocrisy in this conversation um but i I wanted to make the distinction there just to say anytime that i say something like that and i will say other things like it was like you're not supposed to do this i'm not saying like i'm going to judge you if you are i'm saying that's what he says that's what this says here um and we should be really honest about it and we should disagree with it if we disagree with it and i happen to disagree with it well, here's the thing, um, you know, I, there, I think there's some nuance in what Jesus says here, and it might not even, like, there's some people who, who think it maybe means something different than what the churches tell us it means, and there's at least nuance if you look at the different kinds of um, places where this appears, but, like, Jesus didn't get married, as you mentioned. Yep. Uh, he doesn't really have any experience with marriage and divorce um and like i think i i think he was born of a virgin too he couldn't even be that close to sex (laughs) right he couldn't have even been made from sex (laughs) (laughs) uh like i think jesus is an incredibly wise and insightful teacher and i think his way is compelling like we're committed to learning what that is and to following it um but he's not in fact like he can get things wrong um and i know like it sounds like really pious to say oh yes i believe everything jesus says but in fact it's unbiblical to say that jesus is infallible or never gets things wrong right luke says that jesus grew in stature and in wisdom he learned stuff right jesus learned how to tie his sandals and he learned how to carve wood and he learned how to read just like everybody else did. Um, to say that he didn't learn anything is is heresy. In fact, it's not. It's unbiblical and it's heretical. It's to say that Jesus wasn't really human. 
Um, and you can't learn stuff if there's not stuff that you don't know. Yeah. To learn stuff necessarily means that there are things you don't know. And uh, you don't know things because you haven't experienced them, right? Jesus didn't know how to make popcorn in a microwave. He just didn't. Uh, and he also didn't really know very much about how marriage and divorce works um, because he never engaged in it. Uh, so, like, if he's not all that insightful about marriage and divorce, well, who can blame him, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we concluded the same thing about sex, uh, the, the last conversation we had, where we were like, I mean, as far as we know, he lives a celibate life. Many of his followers lead a celibate life. So whenever he talks about sex, it sounds kind of like, it almost sounds like he's saying all of it's icky. It was like, well, all right, can we blame him? Like he didn't, it was not something he engaged in. <laughs> and he's, and at the end of the day, he's like, you want to follow exactly the way I do it. I don't do it. <laughs> right. It's like, that's a pretty um, good so t-shirt idea. I, I was on, I was on vacation last week with my, I went with my parents and my sister and her husband and little girl. And, um, this was like the last day of vacation. We were out at a, a Mexican restaurant and I ordered a margarita, margarita on the rocks. And it's a pretty drink, right? It's bright green. Mm-hmm. There's a lime wedge on the side. It looks fancy. It had a fancy straw in it. It had like one of those bendy, bendy straws in it. And so my son, my six-year-old, was like, ooh, can I try that? And he had his his hand on the straw, didn't quite bring his mouth to it yet. And my mom, who's like, never had any alcohol, right? Goes, <gasps> no! Like this. Like, what was going to happen is that if he, if he like got a sip of tequila into his, onto his tongue, what would really happen, like I know, that what would happen is he would drink it and go, ugh, yeah. right? And then, then he would be fine, and that would be it. But she like lost it yeah. because she doesn't know how this works. She, As far as she knows... A six-year-old puts a drop of tequila on his tongue; he's dead instantly. <laughs> right? It's the same kind we gotta of thing. Got to pump his stomach. <laughs> this is what I'm suggesting. Jesus understands marriage and divorce about as well as my mom understands alcohol, <laughs> which is to say, not at all. Like, and of course, um, he's gonna have some like really, like just over the top kind of. Uh, thoughts about it because well and it's an interesting i mean this is a great position to take on it because it it i do the same thing when tax tax season rolls around right like these numbers i flip out i am yeah that's funny my my brother calls me every tax season like this is the year i'm going to prison like i (laughs) sorry to i don't want to offend you but i don't think many school teachers are going to prison for tax fraud you're just See, not. I have the same. That's that's exactly the you're not, response I have. You're not in the right category for white collar crime. Like, <laughs> try. But in his defense, I do think the whole thing is absurd. It's like, did you do the math problem right? No. You think you're right? All right. Well, we'll see. Or you'll go to jail. It's <laughs> like, why don't you just tell me? Just tell me. Just tell me what I owe, and I'll give it to you. Um. I think this is a great way of approaching this particular issue in the in these conversations is to just say 
And it bears out with the rest of the New Testament. Like, that's the thing. If you just read the New Testament, you would say, like, okay, well, who marries who? It's just not here. It's just not a thing we should talk about. Like, the church should not care who marries who. Like, the church should not care, really, about um, uh, divorce and whatever in the ways that— it's not really something they should be talking about in the ways that they talk about it. It's not useful— and it's not true to the text, even. You're not being honest about what this is actually here to do. And whenever we talk about the way of Jesus, well, the way of Jesus does not involve divorce and remarriage. It's just not part of the conversation. The way of Jesus is love God, love your neighbor, love your enemies. That's what he's teaching. He's asked about divorce and remarriage, and he's like, I don't know, guys. I mean, even you can hear it. You, you can see it in the ways that he responds. He's like, I don't know. Read the text. Like, <laughs> apparently people got married and they wanted a divorce, so, like, Moses had to write that into the code so that you could issue it, uh, a, uh, you could issue someone a certificate of divorce, but I don't know. I don't know if that should really be necessary, but I don't know. I'm just not going to get married at all. Like, there is, you, you could almost hear this kind of, why do you, why are you asking me about this? kind of yeah. thing because they're just trying to trap Jesus into talking about something that he doesn't know very well or something like and he knows the law he knows what it says he knows why it was written he doesn't fail the test um, but to some extent it does seem like it's always a sidestep of what Jesus really wants to talk about like I don't, this is not it this is yeah. not it because it doesn't come up again for any of the apostles they never address it again right it doesn't come well, up. Well, Paul Paul does a little bit. Um, he I don't he count him. It. Yeah, sure. I've already covered this in the podcast. Paul <laughs> is not an apostle except by his own declaration. Right. He's just some guy, some angry preacher, who left his mail laying in the right box. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this I feel like this episode is going to run long, or maybe it's going to be two episodes. Well, then, I mean, with that being said, then, Joe, maybe this is just a good time to go ahead and wrap episode 51 and uh, and let the last episode of the first collection, our 52 weeks solid straight, every Monday except for one where I missed it and put it out on <laughs> Tuesday morning, every Monday for 52 weeks, we will have put out an episode um, and then we'll, we'll take a little break. You want to the, the last one just be the second half of this divorce conversation? I'm fine with that. I think the 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 Christian nation is fine with that. All you right. guys are fine with that, right? I didn't hear them. Uh, let's go ahead and let's Jesus jingle out of this then, and we'll get into a new conversation. Preacher is Jesus, a white guy, and does he really hate everyone who is gay? Does he turn up his nose before he bombs all his foes? Is he a member of the NRA? Preacher, does Jesus really care if the poor can't find enough scraps? Or does he say, suck it up, son, look at how good I've done by just pulling on my designer bootstraps? Bootstraps.